The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Katie Mox and Will Brinson here. Today, we're joined by Alex Selznick, a.k.a. Prop Stars. Prop Stars, thank you for joining us again today. You were on last week, uh, and I forgot to ask you, how does one get the name Prop Stars? Hmm. Uh, by betting a lot of props, Katie. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of props, a lot of the time, and that's my specialty, although I expanded to other markets, but that's uh, definitely my bread and butter, and it's also great to see you guys. I'm excited to be back on for a second time. For sure, dude. We well, had a blast uh, the first time, and uh, we're pumped for this show. Um, you know, when I started writing on the internet, when I like first, you know, like you, like when I was starting when I on the writing internet, on the internet, when I started writing on the internet yeah. <laughs> on the yeah, interwebs. Um, it was a long time ago, dude. And um, people had uh, people had like like to- everyone had like pseudonyms, right? And uh, but I, I always just went by Brinson, <laughs> which was which was. Ended up working out okay, but like, you know, it's like if you ever wrote something that like criticized somebody, like, oh, kind of wish I was high. Like, I mean, like, I don't know. Everybody, everybody, everybody was blogging had pseudonyms, and I did. I, I should have. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I was beastern for a little bit. Oh, I like that. You know, which is short for Brinstonian, which some people call me for some reason. Anyway, enough with the banter. Enough with the banter. The NFL season. NFL season starts. Tonight, football is so back, assuming you're joining us on YouTube. Uh, if not, check out our live stream and subscribe to that channel. If you're listening to the audio version of the show, don't worry. We have tons of gambling content en route for the preseason, win totals, obviously, not to mention player props, divisional breakdowns, and much much more coming up next week. We're actually going to cover more betting angles. What do you know for 2023 season plus bold predictions and a deep dive into the AFC win totals. However you take in the content, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. All right, fellas, today we are going four downs on our NFL betting cheat sheet for the 2023 NFL season. The first down is the always pass, fade, or things to avoid. You know, everyone wants to run straight ahead on first down, but the smartest coaches in the modern NFL pass early, and they pass often. Alex, there are lots of reasons to pass on certain bets this early. Break it down for us. Yeah, quite a few, Katie. So early on in the season or the stage of the offseason, I'm, I'm mainly focusing on obviously futures, season long player props, but I'm largely avoiding playing any overs at mm-hmm. this stage of mm-hmm. the season, right? Well, it's like a, a lot of these bets uh, require a lot of information that we simply don't have yet. We don't know who's sitting atop of the depth chart. This is what the preseason is for, is to formalize these depth charts, figure out who's going to win a lot of positional battles outside of like the really 
elite players, you know, anyone could potentially uh, maneuver above another player in the depth chart. So I really feel like it's crucial to wait until at least third, fourth week of the preseason until we have more information. And then injuries play a huge part. The last thing you'd want to do is invest in a season-long future, and then that player ends up injured or has a tweak hamstring going mm. into week one. We've already seen so many significant injuries across the NFL, whether it be superstars, it applies to everybody. Tim Patrick, his season's done. Yeah. Joe Burrow might not be ready for week one. Uh, it's just across the board. So, yeah, I just feel like right now it's a, it's a really good time to gather as much information as possible uh, and just kind of avoid playing overs. I almost exclusively play unders with season-long player props. Uh, but when I do, again, I, I really want to emphasize it's something I'm going to wait until I have more information and as we approach closer to the season. There are some instances uh, where I will play a season-long prop over right now, but that's if I have a very significant edge. That's if I feel like uh, my projection essentially is closer to uh, the player's floor than it is the ceiling. So let me give you an example. Cam Akers, that's a player I like coming into this season. He's young. He's 24. It's easy to forget that considering how long he's been in the league. But to me, his arrow is pointing up. He showed a really, really positive final five, six weeks of the season with the Rams last week. I think he's fully, excuse me, last season. I think he's fully recovered from that Achilles injury. There's still upside there. And as a result of the previous struggles, we're getting a significant discount on his numbers. Rushing total 750 yards so to me that is a lot closer if we're looking at his potential range of outcomes to his floor than his ceiling if a lot of things go well i could see him easily eclipsing a thousand yards uh, i think he's going to be the focal point of the offense there's really no competition behind him on the depth chart he's still young there's still upside there's just a lot to like with this prop and again if i'm going to bet something this early i need to have a significant edge and what i mean by that is if he plays 10 or 12 games i'm confident he can still uh cash the over here uh, okay, so I I agree completely on taking the unders. Uh, before we continue on, though, I have to point out, like, I love your cat. Um, like, yes. The, like, just the, like, the I was like, I was like, I know I see a tail in a shadow. Like, I know I'm not like, <laughs> like it's it's too early in the day for me to be seeing things. Um, now wait, is is the black cat a bad omen for these bets though? No, right? Because it's yours. He, Ooh, he's good. a good, he's a good he's a good omen. He's Siamese, so he's got all the okay. all the good features. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. 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 So your black cat. That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> um, the Acres thing is really interesting. You're right. I mean, he's, he's I, it's hard to it's hard to believe he's still just 24. Uh, he did ask for a trade. They wanted to trade him last year. That's sort of my big hangup. But I mean, to, you know, there's nobody on that depth chart that's going to challenge him if he plays the entire season. Like the Rams are going to have to run some. He's clearly the best back. I mean, they invested a high pick in him back in, you know, back when they took him in the draft. And like Sony Michelle retired and they had to go get Royce Freeman. There's just, and even if he gets traded, he's still like he can get to 400 yards, get traded and pick up the, you know, the 351 yards that you need uh, elsewhere. So, I mean, I, 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 I've seen a lot of sharp people, including yourself, Alex, on that. Um, I, I don't know why I'm not like I like the Rams this year, like an idiot. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I, I think generally speaking, you just you want to you want to look towards unders because think about it like I've got I've got an under here that I like, which is Tyreek Hill's under one thousand three hundred and a half receiving yards, which is minus one forty uh, over at DraftKings. That's a hefty uh, juice you got to lay there. You don't like to do that, but this is a number that's been coming down and will probably keep going down. Um, look, Tyreek Hill is an insanely freakish athlete and one of the best wide receivers in football. He could go for 300 yards in a game. He go for 300, He went for like 200 yards in the first half two years ago. He could go off for like five touchdowns and 400 yards in a game, and it wouldn't surprise me. He's that good. But there are downsides here. He's only gone over 1,300 yards twice in his career, once including last year. The Dolphins wanted to showcase him last year because they acquired him in a trade with the Chiefs. They wanted to make sure that Tyreek Hill looked awesome and didn't look like a guy who's dependent on Patrick Mahomes. And then maybe more important, most importantly, like I know that Tua Tungvaloa is a great quarterback when he's when he's able to play, when he's on the field. Mike McDaniel's system is perfect for Tyreek Hill and perfect for Tua as a distributor. Getting the ball to Tyreek Hill in space, you get the yak and he rips off big, big yardage. But 
He's got to deal with Jalen Waddle, who's coming on, you know, as a as a developing young player who had a great season last year to take away some of the targets here. And we don't know two will play the whole season. If he gets a concussion, he could miss the entire season. So I think the Tyreek Hill under is a good look, even though it's petrifying. I love the Tyreek Hill under. Sorry, Katie, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But yeah, I just think it's such a good look for so many reasons. So many things have to go right in order for him to eclipse 1,300 yards. When we're talking about unders, there's just so many more ways for them to uh, occur, whether it be injury, poor performance, benching, trading for a better player, the team's quarterback going down after tanking, the offense. There's just so many ways. It's contingent on so many things happening. He can also have a great season and not eclipse 1,300 yards either we're also getting him coming off of a career year so this number is inflated Tyreek Hill you mentioned he's a great player I'm not arguing that whatsoever but he doesn't really contain any more upside we've seen in my opinion his ceiling his ceiling is incredible obviously but there's basically just uh yeah there only is kind of pointing down from here in my opinion so love fading these inflated lines especially coming off a career year I absolutely love that spot but Will I agree with you, Will, and I can understand why it's scary, especially because Tyreek Hill is really healthy. He's missed like a very short amount of games throughout his career, and I believe he played in every single game last season. And even when Tua wasn't playing, he still did a lot of work. So it is a little bit scary, but I do think that this line is inflated. Now, Prop Stars, I think this can be applied too to just week one matchups and taking the under on totals. And I think when you look at this Niners and Steelers line, uh, or total rather, it's at 41. And I do think a lot of people think this 49ers offense, especially now with Christian McCaffrey starting the season, that this feels low, even with the two defenses. But I like this under 41. And I actually think that closer to week one, this may even dip under 40. These are two of the best defenses in the league. Last year, the Steelers gave up an average of 20 points per game while the Niners held steady at 16. But Pittsburgh was missing TJ Watt for a bulk of last season. And the defense actually gives up almost a touchdown more per game to opponents without number 90 in the lineup. So that number could be even lower this year. Pittsburgh's offense Look, Kenny Pickett, we know, is going to get a little better. And George Pickens, I'm sure we all saw that catch that he did in training camp. Absolutely amazing. But last year, they ranked 26th in offense. We do know that the 49ers do historically start slower on offense under Shanahan. Plus, you got Purdy coming in off of injury. To me, all signs point to lower. And I take a lot of unders on totals in the first few games of the season. But this is one I really like. You're speaking my language, Katie. I love unders. I'm extremely under-centric, especially early on the season. Uh, I also think these teams, they have, they're so hesitant to play guys, starters, during the preseason because of how prevalent injuries are. It takes yeah. like three, four, five weeks for them to get caught up, for the offenses to really get in sync. So as, as a result of that, I feel like across the board, you're going to see a lot of low-scoring games early. The, historically, that's been the case, especially as we you know have more condensed and abbreviated preseason so I think it's going to take a while for these teams to gel you're also uh, inserting new players Allen Robinson on Pittsburgh we don't know the quarterback situation for San Francisco or if Purdy's going to be 100 percent etc so there's just so many more ways again for these unders to come in I really think early on it's a very very sharp look yeah and I think too when you you know you talk about that preseason stuff you look at more and more around the league you have coaches like Brandon Staley Sean McVay uh, Kyle Shanahan will do it sometimes guys who just don't want to play their starters at all in the preseason. And it's weird because Brandon Staley then later is like, sure, I'll play Mike Williams in a meaningless week 16 game and let him tear up his hamstring. And how could that bite me in the playoffs when I have a 27 nothing lead against the Jaguars? Oops. Um, one under I looked at, and this is like totally random, but I'm just going to throw it out anyway yeah. because I remember yeah. it because we because we didn't give it out on uh, HQ just because we uh, on, on mm. Spotlight on Wednesday for our mm -hmm. hit because we were, um, you know, we just had so much content. Adding we couldn't get to it. Else. But 45 and a half under... Jaguars and Falcons in London in yeah. week five, I believe. The Jaguars and Bills, the following week total is 48 and a half. The Bills are going to score more than three points per game than the Falcons will this season. The Falcons are going to run the ball a ton. I think Jacksonville will lean into early on in that first London game, maybe running the ball as well. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a great season. I think the Falcons are going to be a better offense than people expect, but 45 and a half is a lot for that game. If either of those teams, like if we get the – the run script that we think we could get from the Falcons that could, uh, we could see that total drop by two or three points. So I like that one. All right. Even if you take it under that's sharp, you still find yourself behind the chains. So let's take a break. When we come back, we'll look 
at some top. Uh, we'll look at some uh, some longer shots on a uh, second down here on the Pick Six Podcast next. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. Will Brinson, Katie Mox, Alex Selznick, prop stars. I got your, your name is like easy to pronounce and I still like panic. I was like, oh God, what if I mispronounce it? <laughs> um, I think my name is like the only last name that I don't actually panic on. But Mox, I guess is fine too. Although... I did call Katie Kelly once. And Katie once. And Katie once. Wait. Haiti. Haiti. Oh, okay. yeah, Haiti. Hater. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. being a hater. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Old, old, old Haiti mocks. Um, <laughs> a lot of times, like me, you may find yourself behind the chains. In fact, no one finds themselves behind the chains more often than I do, which usually involves <laughs> panicking and taking uh, some value plays. I don't know why I thought it was funny last night when I was writing the rundown to do a warranty ferry. Did we actually have that clip of the of the warranty ferry from Tommy Boy? If not, that's fine. Um, okay. You know, he's like, he's like, he's like, you know, it's all comforting and snuggly. And that guy's actually in uh, <laughs> PCU, which I watched recently. At any rate, boy, speaking of seeing things when I was writing this rundown, uh, Alex, looking at some longer shots, you've got some really, really interesting longer shots in terms of uh, one a team that we talked about on, on Spotlight, Katie, the, uh, the the Buccaneers, who we are unsure yes. of, but maybe, as I said, feel like they could be closer to the number one overall pick than winning the division. Right, Alex? Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I love longer shots. So kind of my philosophy when I'm approaching futures, uh, this, this are the units, the money you're investing, it's going to be locked up for the duration of the season. That can be up to four or five months. If I'm going to do that, I do not want to spend a lot of juice. I also want to kind of invest in a lot of potential long shots, uh, at least three to one odds. I'm looking kind of, these are the values you can find at this stage of the season. So uh, kind of in addition to the, the season long player props, I'm looking at these long shots, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, et cetera, coach, uh, comeback player of the year. But uh, yeah, I, there's so many markets now uh, available now as well. So you mentioned the Bucks. I like them to potentially score the fewest points in the league. You can find this at 10 to 1 odds, Ooh. plus 1,000 here. Uh, just looking at this offense, I have a really hard time seeing how a Baker Mayfield-led offense uh, with a lot of aging veterans is going to be successful. Uh, this is one of the worst run-blocking offensive lines in the league last year. They averaged 75 rushing yards per game. That was 12 yards fewer than the Texans, who averaged 87 and were 29th in rushing. So this was a historically bad run game. All they did was basically let go of Leonard Fournette. They did add a couple players in free agency and through the draft, but not guys who are really ready to be impact uh, offensive linemen who are going to make a big difference right now. So I think this is going to be a really tough sledding for the Bucks. We've got Mike Evans, who's been in the league for a long time, great player, but he was having trouble separate the last couple years. Now, all of a sudden, he's going from Tom Brady to, to Baker Mayfield. I just see that as a significant downgrade, coupled with the fact he looked like he was, frankly, on the decline. Chris Godwin, he's dealt with a ton of injuries as well. Uh, so, yeah, just looking across this offense, there's just very little explosiveness. Uh, I have big question marks regarding the quarterback. I don't think they're going to run the ball effectively either. Uh, I think the defense is good. I think the defense is solid. I actually think that's going to create a lot of low scoring environments as well. It's not like sometimes when you have a defense that's really bad, let's use the Texans as an example, it kind of invites a lot of garbage time. It invites a lot of, you know, high scoring environments when you have a good defense, which I do think the Bucks have right now. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of low scoring games where a, a lot 
lot of clock is being bled. And I think offensively, they're going to be very conservative as a result as well, because they don't have the ability to attack downfield and win games any other way. I think they're just going to lean heavily on that defense and try and muster up points. But I have a hard time seeing this Bucks offense be successful at all. I think they're definitely in play for the first overall pick. I think they're a great look, uh, again, to score the fewest points. And I love it getting 10 to 1 odds there. We've all got uh, some running back picks for this one. Um, out of deference to you, Miss Mox, I will allow you to go first with your selection of Thank you. running back to lead the yeah, league in I, rushing yards. Yeah, I mean to to have Derrick Henry, you know, at at eight to one. He's already won this twice in his career. And it, I know that with D-Hop there, people seem to think that maybe that's going to take away. But I think it doesn't matter who you add on as receiver. The Tennessee offense is still going to have to run through King Henry. And even despite coming off of that list Frank injury last year, he still put up some monster numbers. And I feel like, if anything, D-Hop will help open up the field a bit for him. I like him to get this hat trick of the most rushing yards. So at eight to one, I feel like there's some good value there. Um, do you want me to keep going? Will, or are you going to come in with your, running uh, back here? yeah, I, I I'm flying by the seat of my pants, but since we have running backs, we'll go ahead and go with it. And you can come back with your uh, pick to win yep. the NFC North. I will, I want to, I think Christian McCaffrey 15 to one offensive player of the year. I believe it's uh 15 to one at Kings, which is crazy. It, yeah, it was, it was 11 that's to like one. way too short. Um, you and I were texting about it. It's like um, Nick Bosa was like, if Kyle Shanahan created a player, like if he was going to build a player for his offense, Kyle Shanahan, I mean, I think we all agree, has a great offense and knows what he's doing from a coaching standpoint. It would be Christian McCaffrey. And think about what he did down the stretch last year, coming in on short notice and playing insane football. They will be, they won't go like the Panthers did with Ron Rivera's like final season when he was like desperate to try to win. So they put all that load on Christian McCaffrey. Um, I, I think that look, sometimes it's just fine to take the chalk at the top of the board because the player, if he plays 17 games, he will be in the top three voting for offensive player of the year. He won't win MVP more than likely. He's 80 to one to do that. I mean, if you want to bet offensive player of the year, go ahead and give it a, a little sprinkle, I guess. But I mean, it's always going to be a quarterback, unless like Purdy's hurt and Lance and, and you know, like unless a quarterback's disaster in San Francisco and they win 15 games because McCaffrey's insane. Like, but offensive player of the year, man, 15 to one is just, it, it should be like eight to one, I think. Could yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more as well. I think he's a great shot, as you mentioned. If he plays, gets in 15 to 16 games, he's going to produce monster numbers in that Shanahan system. We got a glimpse of it last year as well. That was him switching over midseason, really having no time to assimilate to that offense. Now he's got the full offseason uh, to be integrated. So I think he's going to have uh, huge games. And if it's just a question of whether, he not, whether or not he stays healthy. So love that look. Uh, I like Bijan Robinson to potentially lead the league in rushing as well. I think he's a generation talent. Uh, obviously, the draft pedigree would suggest that as well. Uh, the Falcons desperately coveted him and are making him the focal point of this offense. We got a glimpse of what the Falcons offense looked like last season. I think it's much improved this year, but last year as they were as effective as any team in the NFL running the football, now they've improved on the offensive line and then they go out and they add a guy like Bijan Robinson, who in my opinion is probably the best running back prospect since Adrian Peterson, at least as far as a pure runner is concerned. So I think he's going to be heavily utilized also with running backs more so than any other position in football. Football, they peak early. They peak young. They mm. typically peak under 25. So he is in the prime of his career right now. In my opinion, he could have been in the NFL two or three years ago and been very productive. So I think Bijan Robinson, uh, again, if he stays healthy, is going to go absolutely bonkers. Also, playing in that division is very advantageous as well. Uh, I think the Falcons are going to be much improved. But even when they were down last year, 30, 20 points, they were running the football to get back in the games. Like all they wanted to do was run the football with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. Uh, even though I do like some of the offensive pieces, you know, the Kyle Pitts, Drake London's, et cetera. I just still think they're just going to run the ball as much as any team in football. They go out and get their workhorse, despite having a very good rookie last year who was ultra productive. So yeah, I think Bijan is just set for an absolutely monster season in Atlanta. I mean, hard to argue with those odds there. Well, 
Yeah, 10 to 1. I mean, not, look, anybody who's watched this podcast, I think we had an Instagram clip from the podcast that's like Chris Stapleton's like joy of my life set to me talking about B. John Robinson. So uh, we did. I suppose like, y'all asked me like, what song would B. John Robinson be? And I said, joy of my life. Chris oh, it's like a, it's I like a, and, and look, like I don't take nothing back. I mean, B. John Robinson <laughs> is, is my dude. Like he's like, I, I'm probably gonna pick the Falcons to win the division. Um, Gamble, like there's a lot of sharp people on the Falcons this year. That's the, I mean, the only thing is like so many people are on them. I kind of might lean towards the Panthers, um, but I've got one more insanely long shot that I'll throw out before uh, as my final pick. The Lions and Jaguars Super Bowl exacta, and I didn't send Nada, who's done a great job producing the show. The actual odds, uh, it took me forever to find them because the, the menu kept collapsing, but it's 250 to 1. <laughs> you want to live in the hype train? You want to soak in the gallons of disappointment? When you're say that, like, this isn't going to hit. You know it's not going to happen, but if it's a Lions-Jaguars Super Bowl, you have bragging rights with your friends for the rest of your life, plus – Put 10 bucks on it. <laughs> well, this is reminiscent of you taking the Panthers to make the Super Bowl uh, as a pick, I believe, in our uh, last podcast we did together. I did do that. Yes, I am a lunatic. Uh, Katie has a much more lo- – well, I don't know if it's much more logic. It's, it's a much yeah, – it's, Well, it's at odds. It's certainly at odds with what you just said. Uh, I did. I was on my Moxie Bets podcast today and we were previewing the um, NFC North and I was just looking at it and I truly feel like the NFC North is one of the most wide open divisions right now. You got the Lions at the top, which I love Dan Campbell and it's hard to argue. Oh, see, I told you that Will was going to crash at one point in this show and disappear and he and he has. But Alex... You know, there's no more Aaron Rodgers, right? So the Bears finally own themselves for the first time in I don't know how long. You have to expect, I believe we've talked about this with you, some win regression from the Vikings. They're not going to have the same record they did. And, you know, the Lions are fun, but they still don't have proof of concept. So when I look at something where it's like everyone's a question mark, I'm going value here. I'm going to take the Bears to win the NFC North at plus 425. How crazy do you think I am? I don't think it's crazy at all, Katie. I think you made an excellent point. The division is wide open. I think you could make a a strong argument for, you know, if a couple things break right for any of these teams and considering the Bears are plus 425, I think the value is absolutely excellent. Uh, We saw Justin Fields last year absolutely light the league on fire. Uh, If obviously he can come close to replicating that sort of production this year and gets more help, the Bears obviously prioritize giving him more weapons. I do expect that Chicago offense to be more balanced this year as well. Uh, I think the offense is going to be very good. Defensively is where I have questions with the Bears, but at plus 425 odds, Katie, I couldn't agree more that the vision is wide open, certainly presents some great value there. So another long shot I definitely wanted to touch on real quickly is Rishi Rice to lead all rookies in receiving yards, Katie. I absolutely love this spot. He was the 55th pick in this draft, taken out of SMU, a four-year starter for the, the Mustangs was very productive in his senior year. He possesses all the physical traits of an alpha wide receiver one as well. What's up, Will? Welcome back. Uh, yeah. So I think this Chrome. <laughs> so I am super, super high on this rookie. I also think the, the depth chart in Kansas city is wide open. We know Travis Kelsey is going to be the focal point of the passing attack, but the number two guy, we have no idea who that is. Plus a lot of targets vacated Kansas city. Juju Smith Schuster uh, left McCole Hardman left as well. They accounted for 1200 yards combined and well over a hundred targets. Uh, then you have Kadarius Tony. He's already hurt. Plus he's, just battled injuries throughout his entire career and then the draft pick last year sky Moore, they gave him every opportunity he wasn't very productive i still have major question marks about him marquez valdez scantling is on the depth chart he's a good quality player but to me he's just sort of a, a deep ball specialist he's never eclipsed 700 yards in a season so reishi rice in my opinion has the opportunity to have an absolutely monster season if he clicks early and he and he understands this Andy Reid offense he has every opportunity to step into a major role from day one could not ask for a better quarterback throwing him the ball and again it does it would not surprise me whatsoever if he has triple digit targets uh which would be absolutely huge so I could see him having a huge year if we look at kind of the competition the other rookie wide receivers that's the big thing right there 
a lot of these guys though are they're playing in offenses where they're they're behind in the depth chart. If we look at Seattle, we've got Lockett and DK Metcalf uh, uh, there. So there's just uh, to me there's no greater path to an opportunity than what Rice has in Kansas City. If he shows well early and all the initial reports have been very, very positive regarding how he's looked in training camp, regarding how he's picked up uh, the nuances of the Andy Reid offense, again, I think he could just have an absolutely monster rookie season. So at 18-1, to this is one of my favorite uh, long shots or futures bets just across the board, guys. Yeah, I mean, the only, like, and this is not not necessarily a knock on it, like, there's only two receivers in, rookie receivers in Andy Reid's history. Can we go back to Philly that had over 750 receiving yards, I think. And it's like Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson. Having said that, to me, the competition thing is is the key here because you could still get 800 receiving yards and and win this. I mean, this is not a great receiver class. A lot of these guys are slot guys. Zay Flowers, he's, he's gonna, not going to operate like deep down the field. Quentin, you know, Quentin uh, Johnson, who I love out of TCU playing for the Chargers, has to deal with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So I, I, I like – I like the all rookies and receiving part, even if he ends up being like the number two receiver. Obviously, Kelsey's the number one pass catcher behind uh, Sky Moore if he breaks out, which is not a guarantee. Agreed. All right, fellas. Yeah, I think it's a good look. Yeah. Okay. Coming up, you've got third and short, but you need to convert and maybe you're willing to chance it because you love your fourth down play. We'll give out our very best shot for third down next. You're watching Pick Six. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Big Six Podcast. Mox, Brinson, and Selznick, a.k.a. Prop Stars, here with you today. Uh, and gentlemen, nothing matriculates. Shout out to Hank Stram. Your bankroll like a first quarter, third down play. And there's always value in the first few weeks of the NFL season with under or overrated teams. Alex, who should you be looking at early in the season to either back or fade? Yeah, so the the early part of the season is really interesting from a philosophical standpoint, kind of how I approach things. Uh, I actually think the most value to be had is going to be over the first quarter or maybe 30, 35% of the season. If I look at my overall betting volume, every single bet I place over the over the course of the NFL season, I would say over 50 to 60% of those bets are going to be placed in the first four weeks of the season. That's where the largest inefficiencies are going to be. The books are playing catch-up as As they gather more and more information, the lines become sharper and sharper. Uh, As we get to the postseason, I honestly barely even bet. Uh, If I'm betting purely from a win-loss profitability standpoint, I won't bet at all, actually, because I think those lines are that sharp once we get to the postseason. Obviously, betting is fun, too, so I I do continue (laughs) betting. I'm also partly a degenerate, so I can't help myself. But, uh, yeah, if, if we're betting just to win, and I, I really couldn't uh, suggest, you know, kind of hammering early on in the season. So, um, again, I'm attacking mostly player props, but I, I definitely think the books are going to be far behind on a wide array of areas, especially if you kind of have an idea of how these depth charts are starting to unfold, what players are going to be counted on for big roles early, and then also kind of fading a lot of veterans, aging players, players on the decline. So early in the season is where you're going to see the majority, the bulk of my betting action Uh, as far as the good teams are concerned I I do think that 
kind of uh, there, there's a little less value with some of those teams since they're not sort of sneaking up on anyone. They're not really surprising anyone. So I'm kind of more focused on sort of where I think there could be a big jump, where I think a team uh, could could surprise the market and uh, make a big leap. That also obviously applies to players as well. So that's kind of my philosophy early on in the season, what I'm primarily focused on. Uh, yeah, I was, is there anybody that like stayed and, and I don't I can't remember if you sent anybody that stands out to you in particular, like going into the season. I know that like one, and we were going to talk about this on spotlight. It'll probably come back up uh, next week, but the Titans, no one likes the Titans. Everyone hates the Titans this year. Thinks yeah. they're trash. Thinks they're stinky poo. Dog poo as Ryan Wilson used to say on this podcast all the time, or dog crap or whatever he used to say um, back when he was on this podcast. Um, however, Mike Ray. Not I know it's rude. He's got his own podcast. Check it out. It's uh, with the first pick or something. Um, It's with Rick Spielman. It's a really good draft podcast. Um, Titans, the last four years in their first four games, and it can't do first four weeks because they had a weird week three bye in the 2020 COVID season. Um, And they came back and beat Buffalo's butt in like on a Tuesday. Mike Vrabel, six and one straight up and against a spread as a dog. Obviously, I guess you're, if you're six and one straight up, you're six and one against the spread, but like, he is an underdog. He gets his team pumped up to play. He's an underdog in the first three games this year. Or first, yeah, first three games in week four. It's a pick him against the Colts. Like, I don't like the Titans this year particularly, but Vrabel's a great coach. They have Ryan Tano yeah. healthy. They have Derrick Henry healthy. If the offensive line's better than people think and the defense and the pass rush can get home, this team can win a few of those games early. I really like the Titans actually this year. That's a great example of sort of what a lot of those points that I was highlighting, Will. I think the Vikings are actually applicable as well. We're looking at teams that have historically had success. Again, you say what you want about Kirk Cousins in primetime. The guy wins a lot of games in the regular season. And if we're looking at the landscape in that division, this also applies to Ryan Tannehill. I trust him more. I trust Tannehill more than a lot of these other younger, more inexperienced quarterbacks. Uh, Also, because the consensus this is oh these teams are going to be bad there's a lot of value to be had there I really think if you look at the Titans they're a great example they were the most injured team in football last year still managed to at one point they were seven and three their entire team was completely depleted midseason they lost the final seven games of the season at one point they were a heavy favorite to win the division. You mentioned Mike Vrabel. He's a very good coach. Ryan Tannehill's won a lot of games. Derrick Henry is still a very good running back. They went out and they upgraded the supporting cast. DeAndre Hopkins is going to give them something they were lacking last year, not having that alpha number one wide receiver who can take the lid off the defense, uh, which they were missing when they obviously traded A.J. Brown. Uh, They have young ascending players. I also think the defense, they got a lot better as well. They prioritized that in in the offseason as well as upgrading the offensive line. So I love the Titans. I think that they're a perfect example of a team that's being widely overlooked by both the market consensus and just overall that's sort of the value that I'm looking at. The Vikings are another example uh, in their division as well. You know, one team that is uh, grading very poorly and I don't think is being overlooked and I think is being graded properly. Uh, Unfortunately, Brian in the chat does not agree with this, but the the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, this is a team that I'm looking to fade pretty much all season, but certainly in the beginning. Um, If you look at their first three weeks, like obviously they have the lowest win total at four and a half. It's just not hard to believe that this team is going to struggle to win games. In fact, they're not favored on a single look ahead line for the entire season to start the season. They've got the commanders, the giants and the Cowboys. It's not exactly a cakewalk in terms of opponents and to make matters worse. Two of those games are at home where the Cardinals traditionally struggle to cover the spread since 2018. Arizona's cover percentage at home was just 40%. It's the fourth worst in the league during that span. Now I know we can't carry those numbers over completely because we have a new head coach, new coordinators. However, like what kind of offensive output are we expecting from no Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins, no AJ Green, Zach Ertz likely not to start the season. And let's not forget Colt McCoy posted just one touchdown in four games last season. So uh, I know Brian in the chat thinks to take them the money line against the commanders. I will look to fade the Arizona Cardinals uh, for the first few weeks. And let's, you know, and, and Brinson, we did have our insider uh, from Arizona on. He said, look, if this team comes out, starts winning games, then Kyler Murray could come back. This could be an sure. entirely different season. I kind of, I kind of think we're going more towards the tank. 
And so well, also, let's not forget that like Washington just they just sold the team. Like, like th- that fan base is gonna be hyped from week one. So, like, I would not want to be backing the Cardinals in that first half or in, in that game. And look, it's a Col- Col- Colt McCoy revenge game. Thrilled about that possibility. But the reality is, like, as much as Arizona is going to talk about winning this year, they are setting themselves up for the future. They are ripping it down and starting anew. That's why they traded for. That's why they moved down. They got Paris Johnson. But they get the Texans first round pick next year. They are planning for 2024. If Kyler can play, they'll play him. But I don't know that they're going to do it. Like, like Johnny said on our Cardinals podcast, I don't know they're going to do it necessarily just because like, he's back week seven and they're one and six. I don't know they're going to play him. Yeah, I agree. It's really hard to envision this team winning five games. It's really hard to envision this team being competitive. I think the focus, the primary focus is going to be 100% on a rebuild. Uh, I think they're going to be aggressive with that. I think if the opportunity comes to potentially move some veterans, the few veterans that they still have left on the roster, they'll look to do that. But 100%, I think they are looking towards the future, and that's going to be their primary uh, focus. They're not really concerned about winning and losing games uh, in this season. So, yeah, I think the Cardinals are really strong fate as well okay i feel like we've all gone th- I, I don't think we have any more in this one but just wanted to to make sense nothing worse than it being fourth. fourth and two katie unless you have kyle shanahan well unless yeah. unless yeah you got a kyle shanahan sheet with a, a group of your best players to unleash uh let's give out our uh, best future plays for the season so win totals player props awards Super Bowl, which is on CBS this year. Shout out to CBS. Uh, matchups, really anything is up for grabs. Alex, you got a Philly special for us? I've got a few plays I like, guys. The first I'm going to hit on is Travis Etienne, under six and a half rushing touchdowns. He had the excellent year after missing the 2021 season with an injury. Really, last year was his rookie season, but looked great. Had 1,100 rushing yards, five touchdowns, 5.1 yards per carry, but he really started to wear down over the end of the season. Over the final six, seven games, his yards per carry was under four yards. He also really struggled running between the tackles as well. He only handled 200 carries which is a lot but over the course for a feature back that's not that many carries so didn't get a massive workload and still despite that was wearing down uh, towards the end of the season so the Jaguars what did they do out and they do they added the Auburn running back Tank Bigsby who profiles as a thumper on first and second down a short yardage goal line specialist also another caveat or component of this play ETN was probably the least efficient running back in the red zone as well. I mentioned five rushing touchdowns, but he had 30 attempts in the red zone, only cashed five of those in. Uh, I believe of every player who had at least 30 rushing attempts, he was far and away the, the least efficient guy. So the Jaguars were very much aware of that in the offseason. Also, he has a slight frame as well. We've heard more and more how they're going to utilize him in the short area passing game. I really just don't see the Jaguars giving him a lot of those touches between the tackles. They bring in Bigsby, who I think is going to be that guy who they're going to kind of lean on in the short area yardage situations. And last year, even without anybody behind him really on the depth chart, only had five rushing touchdowns. So in my opinion, this number should be four and a half. I think it's a great look. I think seven rushing touchdowns is a huge ask for him. And then I'm looking uh, at Chris. I was gonna, I was, just before you keep going, I was going to say on our Jaguars All 32 podcast, if people want to check that out, Pete Prisco specifically mentioned and Pete, Pete is around the Jaguars with Tony, does a radio show every Monday, uh, mentioned that they were concerned about ETN's running near the goal line. That's why they brought in Bigsby. And he said, I think I couldn't agree with you more. And I think uh, I've heard that backed up in multiple spots. Music to my ears, Will. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. But yeah, uh, a guy that I am so high on, guys, and I might be tipping my hand if anybody listening is playing any fantasy leagues with me, but I am all in on Chris Olave this season. I think Chris Olave is going to potentially have uh, a Justin Jefferson-esque season if things break right for him. Uh, From a talent standpoint, he had one of the most impressive rookie seasons that I have ever seen. He wasn't even utilized as a full-time player that he's, despite that still had almost 1100 rushing or excuse me receiving yards in 15 games with a combination of of uh Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton as his quarterback in a very conservative offense as well they lined up Olave in the slot they lined him up outside it did not matter where they lined him up he won 
everywhere. He was fifth in the NFL as a rookie in yards per route run. That is almost unheard of to see a rookie wide receiver come into the league and be that polished. All of the next-gen stats I look at, all of the advanced metrics say his season was even far greater than the raw numbers suggest, and he had a very impressive season as far as just the basic numbers go. But then what do they do? Another year in the offense. They come in, they bring in uh, a huge upgrade at quarterback, in my opinion, with Carr from the Raiders. I think that's going to uh, really help Olave out. Uh, also, there's not a huge competition for targets there either. Uh, we could see Kamara end up missing games due to a suspension. So I really think Olave is going to be that guy for Carr. He's going to get the 140 to 150 targets. If a few things break right, where the defense maybe isn't good, they're in a lot of high-scoring environments, I see massive upside. But I love his chances to lead the division, especially if you look at the other receivers sort of in that division. We touched on Tampa Bay's offense. Uh, really, you know, we're, we're talking about a Baker Mayfield-led offense. Not a lot of confidence there. Uh, in Carolina, they really don't have a lot of talent at wide receiver. And Desmond Ritter is playing quarterback in Atlanta. So <laughs> I really think that uh, Carr is far and away the best passing quarterback in the division. And Olave is also the best wide receiver. And his arrow is not pointed up. It is like, to me, it is like just a straight line up to the ceiling. I think Olave is on the cusp of just absolute greatness. So I love Chris Olave. I'm attacking his season long props. I'm sprinkling or I'm betting heavily actually on him to lead the division in receiving yards at two to one odds. And then I also love him to potentially, again, this is if some things break right to lead all wide receivers in receiving yards and receiving. I really think that's in play. I think that's in play. Again, that's unlikely, but if a couple things break right, I think that's entirely possible. So that's a spot I absolutely love. I'm just all over Olave, guys. Well, you better you better be careful though, because Brinson and I might swipe that for our sports line futures challenge. Yeah, totally stole Yeah, because you really sold it. You really sold it yeah. here. <laughs> um I'm gonna I, I probably should have gone maybe heavier with like a, a player prop or something like that for the season long thing. Um We'll have plenty as we lead up to the season. But, uh, like, I, I keep coming back, and I took this with the first pick in our Sportsline draft. By the way, you can uh, sportsline.com slash join. Uh, Alex, would, do either one of you guys have a promo $1. code? you have a promo Trophy. code, or is it just everybody gets a dollar? You I think everybody does. Toss Brinson in there and just Trophy. see what happens. Trophy. <laughs> Trophy. Oh, actually, Trophy. promo code Moxie. There's a promo code Moxie, oh. but you could use Trophy. Yeah. Some, so some of us have our own promo code. I, I think it. Brinson might be a promo code. I don't know that. So try Moxie. Um, anywho, try we did, we did a, whatever. Try, try Will. Try him um, all. Try him Get it done. Somebody will call me Will one of these days. Uh, <laughs> the um, the uh, 49ers are over 10 and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's juicy. But like, let's go. And I'm not doing this to. To be a a, a a moxie sycophant here either. Like I love the Niners. I picked them to win the Super Bowl two years ago. I'm I'm higher on the Rams than like a lot of people. But like this team now has Brock, Brock Purdy back healthy. That means they have uh, like a, a good floor at quarterback, and that's all you need with this offensive line, with as good as this defense is, with all the weapons they have with Christian McCaffrey. Like this defense could be. I mean, this division could be just horrendous if the Seahawks take a step back and the 49ers are just going to win 12 plus games like I feel very very comfortable about this and think it should be 11 and a half um so 10 and a half over 49ers don't care if it's juicy roll with it well Brinson also if Christian McCaffrey is going to get offensive player of the year and he's going to have this monster year the 49ers obviously are going to win games I clearly I actually took an alt line I have the I took the Niners over 11 and a half I just put that in this morning because I think this is a 12 win season for the faithful um but in the same vein you know what my this we're on third down here or on fourth down you were on fourth third down. down here yeah, we're on fourth, fourth down. Thing. All right, so fine. We're going to go QB sneak. We'll go Jimmy Garoppolo, QB sneak, because that always actually works. Uh, George Kittle, and I gave this out earlier this week, George Kittle's season touchdown, receiving touchdowns is just at five and a half, and it's plus 110. He had seven, excuse me, he had 11 last year. Seven of those came with Brock Purdy under center. You got to think with a full season, that's just going to go up. I have no idea why this line is so low and why it's at plus money, but don't, don't walk 
to the window, run to the window, take this before this change. Cause George Kittle could have five and a half receiving touchdowns before midway into the season. So that would be my number one. Also in a similar vein to you, Brinson chiefs over 11 and a half. It's like death taxes and chiefs with at least 12 wins, right? They've done it every year since 2018. Don't overthink it. That's a bet you always want to make. And it was actually my first bet that we made in our sports line challenge. Um, and then not, I don't know if I actually gave you this one, but again, I was talking about the NFC North, this morning, Justin Fields over 18 and a half touchdown passes also at plus 110. Fields completed 60% of his passes last year, 2,242 yards, 17 touchdowns. We're only talking about two more touchdowns here. And you got to think that everything's going to improve with him. You got DJ Moore, you got Darnell Mooney, you got Chase Claypool, who we hope is going to be a little bit better this year. Cole Komet, I think, is going to be awesome. Robert Tunyon, improved offensive line. We're only asking for two more touchdowns. Give it to me all day. Love I'm it. not, I'm not, I mean, like, I'm not that I don't feel it's in the Bears this year or as high as some people, but like, I'm not going to. Oh, I am. Like, it's 18 and a half, dude. Like, 19. Like, they're going to throw, They there is a, the thing about the Bears this year that I think is kind of interesting is that like Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles are in their second year. They had the worst record in football last season. They were a terrible football team. Justin Fields terrible. was really exciting though and ran the ball a ton. But if you saw what Luke Getzey did early on in the season, they did not want to run him. They wanted him to pass. They had Nate Davis. They had uh who's the uh God, John, the, the right tackle out of Tennessee. Darnell, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, Dar- yeah, yeah, right, out of Tennessee. Um, whew, spacey today. Uh, they, had, they had two big upgrades on the offensive line. They, they could win zero games this year. This sounds insane. They could win zero games this year, but if Justin Fields takes a step forward as a passer – those two things probably aren't going to happen. I see where you're going. I didn't know where you were going, where then, you're going people, at first. Like, if, 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 if people are like, Fields is the guy, and he takes a step forward as a passer and throws 25 passing touchdowns, and like they, they, win, they, they have the number one overall pick again, people will be pumped in Chicago, I feel like. I couldn't agree more. I also think the defense is that bad where that those exact scenarios or a version of that could easily happen. I think this defense is – they were historically bad last year, and all they really did was – add two off-ball linebackers that did not address the defensive line very much at all. I think the Bears' defense is going to contribute to their offense in the sense that they're going to be playing in a lot of high-scoring games, uh, facing a lot of leads, which is kind of what led to those eruptions from Justin Fields last season where they just could not keep uh, the opposing offense, which is score so quickly. He's back on the field uh, facing these big deficits all the time. It just invited a lot of really high scoring environments. So I think that's a hundred percent going to be in play this season where that defense is actually going to contribute to Justin Fields and the rest of the bears offense uh, performing very well from a statistical standpoint. I don't think that's going to result in them winning a lot of games because I have zero confidence in the defense. I do think Justin Fields though, I do think Justin Fields can easily throw 20, 25 touchdowns and be highly productive and just kind of what will laid out makes a ton of sense to me. All right. All right, guys, that is going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much, Prop Stars, for joining Will and I. Make sure you join us next week as we keep rolling right into the 2023 season with bold predictions and plenty of NFL feud. Wow, bold. If you're watching on YouTube, don't you dare close that window without hitting the like and subscribe buttons. If you're enjoying the pod in the audio format, just hit us with a five-star review, okay? We, we really appreciate that. Uh, thank you again to Prop Stars and uh, Brinson. I'll see you on the other side. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.